As we close out our series on mission and values, we will have our teaching on the last value of spiritual family. So I'm going to read three short passages for our scripture reading. Our main passage is Matthew 12, 46 through 50. And if you want to join me in the Pew Bibles, this is page 818. While he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. And our last two verses, Romans 12, 5. So we, through many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. And our last verse, 1 Corinthians 12, 26 through 27. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Thank you, Stephanie, for reading uh, through the scriptures this morning. Thank you, Joey, for leading us through worship. That was great. Well, good morning and a warm welcome to all of you uh, on this, in the sanctuary and those of you who are online for this World Communion Sunday. So World Communion Sunday is the uh, first uh, Sunday in October. And just a little trivia fact there. Uh, World Communion Sunday was started in uh, about 1933 by a Presbyterian minister and his congregation as they sought to demonstrate the interconnectedness of Christian churches regardless of denomination. And the adoption of World Communion Sunday uh, by Christian denominations happened up through the 1940s. So we're gonna be um, honoring that a little bit later with worship leaders who will speak the words, some of the words of institution in a language that is not English. So we look forward to that at the end. Anyway, I'm glad you could join us today for this is the fourth and final message on uh, Regen's values. Uh, next week, uh, Pastor Albert will be back and we'll be back into 2 Samuel. But uh, today's message is on spiritual family and al that along with the other three values of integrated scripture, whole life service, and thriving diversity uh, support our mission of inviting people to follow Jesus and experience life with the Holy Spirit. As we get started, if you could pray with me, please. God, we thank you for today. Thank you for bringing us here. Um, thank you for all that happened uh, this week that kind of informs uh, how we are. I ask God that um, for those of us who are heavy with hearts, we can, um, we can just leave that for you. You can lift that up. For those of us who are a little bit lighter, we praise you for that as well. God, I, I ask you um, to give us ears to hear today and hearts to listen. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, first off, before I start, I'd like to definitely acknowledge all the people um, who put together the mission and value statements. If you haven't seen them recently, they are on our website. Thank you. Some of you are, might even be here in this room. Maybe some of you are online. But uh, thank you for all the energy you put into creating a platform for people like myself for regenerations present and future. Um, your efforts have kind of paid it forward, I guess, for people like me who you didn't know were going to be here, and then, of course, for people who are yet to come. So prayerfully, periodically, 
we can corporately and individually look at our mission and values and see how we're doing on that. So what exactly is spiritual family? Well, Jesus defines spiritual family just in the passage that it was read, and specifically, uh, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister and mother. And the Regen definition uh, attempts to put some legs on that part, the will of the Father, and definitely has some things where we can get involved. So as we define it, um, spiritual family is, is something that we desire to be a community that is marked by a shared desire to follow Jesus. And as a community, we deeply care for one another and desire to bring everyone into that family. And with Jesus as our example, we desire to reach out and care for people where they're at. So we're going to unpack uh, those three sentences just a little bit. So the first one is, you know, we desire to be a community that is marked by a shared desire to follow Jesus. So, as a community, we desire to be together. We gather together, like we are right here. And for some of us, we long to be together. As I was reading this, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of a little bit of an introvert, introvert more than an extrovert. And sometimes it's hard for me to be together. Um, I don't know, how many of you liked group projects in school? I see that hand. That's great. Fantastic. I wish you were on my team. Anyway, um, not me. I wasn't, I wasn't a big fan of that. But, you know, how else would I have an experience to learn to work with people that I would not otherwise choose to be with? And sometimes I think about that, you know, just in just in who I encounter. And, well, that will, that power, comes through the power of the Holy Spirit, allowing me to work with people who I wouldn't otherwise choose to work with. Now, my opinion on our creation, on the way we're created in our formation, is that we are created with a desire to be in relationship with God. And from that, an outpouring of that, a natural extension is our wanting to be in community with other people. So, we desire to be in a community that is marked by a shared desire to follow Jesus. So, how will people distinguish us as being marked by Jesus? Well, as that song goes, as that hymn goes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. By our love. So we are marked or labeled, not just because we show up here every Sunday, um, you know, maybe with t-shirts that says regeneration across the chest, although, although we could, but um, it's not because we all like the same music or because some of us like drums in, in worship and some of us don't, or some of us like the organ, some of us don't. I personally like the organ. But, um, you know, a desire to follow Jesus and following Jesus, you know, crosses ethnic backgrounds, crosses family of origin, cultural practices, and any other affiliation you might have. And my perspective is, you know, following Jesus is countercultural. It's not what our culture normally does. Jesus' act of heroic self-sacrifice is what we are to follow. And sometimes it's easy to follow Jesus' example, and sometimes not. So part of what I heard in, in Nathan's message last week was that it's our unity in God that manages our diversity. So I've been thinking about that this week. So being marked by Jesus is notable to others by how we act. And Jesus is a tough act to follow. So are we living by the Spirit and producing good fruit? In Ephesians 5.12, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So are we living a godly life? 1 Timothy 4.8, For bodily exercise is profitable for a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life which is now and that which is to come. Are we doing good? Galatians 6.9, Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And does our behavior stand out as selfless and sacrificial? Looking at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, 
Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Here's another one. Um, are we known to fight for what is good? I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith from 2 Timothy. And this, is a, this one's a constant self-check for me. Um, do I live a life worthy of the calling? You know, am I living a life worthy of the calling to follow Jesus? I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling for which you have been called, Ephesians 4.1. Also, you know, what do I sound like? You know, um, do I speak differently than those around us? You know, do I laugh at jokes that degrade people created in the image of God? Um, do I repeat stories that diminish God? Or do I elevate people with my words, or do I tear them down? From Ephesians 4.29, it reads, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may be grace to those who hear. From Proverbs 29.11, A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds its back. And from 1 Corinthians 13.1, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. So, and then, are people attracted to us or are they repelled by us? And from 2 Corinthians in chapter 2, verses 15 and 16, it says, For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved, and among those who are perishing, to one a fragrance from death to death, to the other from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? So in the next sentence, as a community, we deeply care for one another and desire to bring everyone into that family. As a community, we deeply care for one another and desire to bring everyone into this family. Okay, so how do we know what to care for? Well, it's by spending time. It's by listening, by being observant of what the other person wants or needs. Um, I think we bring in a lot of information with our two ears and two eyes. What do the people around you hold a value? Um, when you're with your friends and your relatives, you know, what, do, what do they talk about? I know sometimes it can be hard to, to kind of wait your turn when people are talking, but we learn so much more when we listen. Um, have you ever heard of uh, having a, hijacking a conversation? Hijacking a conversation is basically um, person A is talking, and person B is listening, and person B is like leaning forward, they're kind of listening. And person A pauses, takes a breath, and person B just like jumps right into that little, 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 little space right there and basically starts talking about themselves, and person A is not quite done. Well, how do I know this? Because in various situations, I have been both person A and person B. Um, you know, the simple act of holding that gap of silence and then just asking, you know, are you done? That's kindness right there. Um, holding that silence is being considerate. I mean, this is one of my growing edges. I know when I get home from work, you know, Kristen has, has just been sitting there all day, you know, amidst the hundred things that she's done all day, waiting for me to come home and tell her about what I've done. No, that's not true at all. But um, it is my exercise. You know, it's, it's been my exercise, self-discipline, and just to be considerate, to first come in, soft entry, right? Ask how she's doing, hear about her day, and then it'll be my turn, which is fine. And if I don't get that opportunity, I always have the dog, but no. I always get the opportunity. I always get the opportunity, okay. Anyway, caring is, to me is one part being aware and the other part is spending time. Um, those proportions obviously can vary with whoever um, you're with. Or as a friend recently shared with me, it's being present. It's not just time spent, but being in the presence of the other person. You know, if you have time, you know, give it out. You know, if you have time, spend it. You know, I actually believe time is one of our most precious resources. You know, it's a commodity that we just, you can really not really trade for. Um, 
I've met many people who can, who have made a lot of money or who have potential to make a lot of money, but I have yet to meet anyone who can make more time. So spend your time wisely, because once it's spent, you don't get it back. So um, what does care look like and, and how do we care? So, and, and how, you, how you like to receive care may not be the same way that you're confident in expressing care, uh, although those two avenues might be similar. So I'm a, I'm a fan of the five love languages as a starting place, partly because you know, it's easy for me to remember, easy for me to experience, easy for me to express. So you know, those, five those five love languages are, if you don't know them, are you know, physical touch, gifts, acts of service, words of affirmation, and physical touch. So as I list those again, you know, think for yourself you know, which one of those shows you that you receive love. So again, those are physical touch, gifts, quality time, words of affirmation, and acts of service. So hopefully in your mind you've kind of figured out, okay, I've got my favorite. Well, sorry, I've actually got two. Um, I'm kind of biased toward gifts and acts of service. Um, so for example, I very much like Kristen's chocolate chip cookies. I've been eating them now for a um, little bit north of 30 years. And um, you know, to me, that's a combo gift. You know, it's a combo gift of a gift, and it's an act of service. So I'm least, you know, quality time, physical touch, they work for me as well. And, but I am least moved by, you know, words of affirmation. But this is also where I'm most efficient in my expression. So I guess knowing I can be better to learn about, to appreciate words of affirmation, and how difficult it is to me, to me express those sentiments, is probably why I save most all the cards that the kids and Kristen give me. And it's also probably why it takes so long to pick out greeting cards at the store. But, um, I know. But consider for a moment, of those list of uh, those five love languages, which in the list are you best at recognizing in other people and or expressing? You know, which ones do you see most in other people, most apparent in other people, and which ones do you think you can express? For me, the list is kind of similar. So I have an affinity toward uh, expressing love through acts of service. So, you know, if anybody says, hey, we're, we're moving, I'm like, great, I'll come help you. Well. Now I just lift smaller things than I did when I was younger, but you know, I'll still come and help. Um, I know, for example, that back to Kristen and chocolate chip cookies, you know, I know Kristen, something that you know, she appreciates is walking into a kitchen in the morning when there's no dishes in the sink or on the counter, stuff like that, so it's a clean kitchen. So being an active service kind of person that I am, um, and after eating a few chocolate chip cookies at like 10 o'clock at night, for me, it's no problem to do the dishes at night. And uh, once I get that sugar rush, I could probably do vacuuming at the same time. So also, you know, I'd, I'd say think of a relative or a friend or somebody, you know, close to you and consider what would be their way of receiving love? What would be their way of being shown care? Well, as you've thought of that person, you know, good for you if that person's way of receiving care is the same way that you like to express care. Now, for those of you who have a person who um, the way they receive care is different from the way that you feel most confident in expressing care, well, consider yourself blessed by the opportunity for personal growth. So I pray for this week you'll be able to prioritize, you know, making some time to be present in someone else's life. So as a community, we deeply care for each other and desire to bring everyone into this family. Well, there's always room at the table, and in the Bible it tells us there's always rooms in the house. So from John 14 to... It says, in my Father's house there are many rooms, and if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And from Romans 12:5, So we, though many, 
are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So we've got one big family, one big family in one big house. So the last, the last sentence in our um, conversation, or sentence, sorry, our last sentence in our definition of spiritual family, it says, with Jesus as our example, we desire to reach out and care for people where they are at. So this first part, with Jesus as our example, you know, I read it this way, is that, you know, we are to try to emulate to be like Jesus, to be like little Christ, to be Christians. And while we're not going to be perfect, I believe, you know, we've got to give it our best shot. It starts with just having your eyes up and looking around and seeing who in our area could use some help. You know, we can all do something. You know, use the gifts that God has given you. And I like the, you know, the example of Jesus. He was anything but passive. He was definitely a doer. And so examples in how Jesus addresses our needs, um, looking at Matthew 6, you know, verses 5 through 15, you know, Jesus teaches us how and what to pray for. So, for example, in, in that passage, he talks about, you know, when you pray, go to your inner room and close the door. God, though you cannot see him, he can see you. And in regards to content, he says, you know, less is more. You know, do not keep babbling on like the pagans. And, you know, if you're stuck for words, there's always the Lord's Prayer to use. Um, Jesus gives an example of how he meets our physical needs. And I'm thinking about in John 2 where he changes, you know, water to wine. And then, of course, there's many stories of him um, healing the paralytic, healing the blind, um, exercising demons. I think about how Jesus can manage our safety and security. And I'm thoughtful about the woman caught in adultery in, in John chapter 8. You know, she's being assaulted, but there Jesus is there to protect her. I think also Jesus satisfies our need for knowledge. And I'm thoughtful about um, the description of Nicodemus coming to visit Jesus at night that they read about in John chapter 3. Um, this is one of my favorites, and he demonstrates how to elevate people, and by lifting them up, changes hearts and minds. And I'm thoughtful of Zacchaeus in Luke 19. He was the chief tax collector, kind of at the lowest end of Jewish social structure for being a collaborator, collaborator with the Romans. So, you know, Zacchaeus, kind of short, so it says, climbed a sycamore tree so he could look over the crowd, so he could see Jesus coming. Now, Luke does not record Jesus making any comment on Zacchaeus' profession or his lifestyle. Just a command that says, come down from the tree, and then Jesus invites himself over to his house for dinner. The narrative says nothing about the meal, but records Zacchaeus' dramatic change of heart, his confession, his repentance, and expressed in his public statement to bring justice to those he has wronged. Now, with Jesus as our example, we desire to reach out and care for people who are where they're at. This desire to reach out, with, to reach out and care is not self-motivated. It's not because, you know, you or I are self-starter. Um, no, that desire comes from our recognition and acceptance of the love that Christ has for us that he demonstrated by dying on the cross for our sins. You know, if the effort to reach out to others was just on my own power and my own motivation, um, that effort would be short-lived. But as reaching out, extending myself, you know, I'm, extend I'm expected to reach beyond my personal comfort zone. I'm supposed to reach out from my space. Uh, for some reason, for some of us, you know, that might mean initiating a phone call. For some others of us, it might mean actually, you know, putting pen to paper, writing a card. You know, when's the last time you actually received a little card in the mail? To reach out and care is taking the initiative and not waiting to be asked. I think making myself available might mean scheduling time to reach out. Scheduling time to reach out. Um, you know, it's, I think about sometimes like exercise. You know, if you don't schedule exercise, it's probably not going to happen. So, same thing, being available. You know, I believe that there are times when we're more available than others. And sometimes not. 
So, but maybe this is your season when you can, you know, lead a home group Bible study, help your friends send out support letters for their mission, and also, you know, pray like an hour a day for all your friends and relatives. Or maybe this is the time in your life when you've got about 15 minutes a week, you know, to pray for someone. Regardless of it, you've got some time. You can be available. Um, Finishing up with Jesus as our example, we desire to reach out and care for people where they are at. Um, When this comes to mind, for me, this is, you know, where is the person spiritually, emotionally, and physically? You know, again, being available to observe and listen is how to discover where people are at. Being present takes time, and it's not always on your schedule. You know, can you spare the time? Hmm. Being present with people reveals where they are at. Um, This part of the statement, you know, being where people are at, sorry, people where they are at, to me illustrates a kind of a come-as-you-are perspective, but I don't believe it allows us to leave the person where they're at. So if we can be seen as marked by Jesus, the people where they are at will not remain where they are. The people will see in your life and mind something to move toward. So some examples of how Jesus kind of didn't leave people where they're at, but brought them to a better place. I'm thinking about the parable of the Good Samaritan. Yeah, the Good Samaritan, you know, finds the victim, hydrates him, bandages him up, but then physically removes the man from the scene takes them to a place where you can get further care. You know, the parable describes the physical care of one person to another, and just as obviously communicated to the Jewish listeners that they needed to change their attitude for their low view of Samaritans. Again, back to John 8, that woman caught in adultery, you know, who was brought to Jesus. So after Jesus had secured her personal safety, he gave direction to her spiritual need, saying, quote, then neither do I condemn you. Go now and leave your life of sin. And I'm reflecting on Jesus' crucifixion, hanging on the cross, Jesus gives the repentant criminal just what he needed when he needed, responding, and I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. So those are the three sentences. So how does spiritual family support the mission of inviting people to follow Jesus and experience life with the Holy Spirit? Or in other words, you know, how do we do spiritual family? So as I was doing a little research for this, I found some historical documents in, you know, in our Google Drive and that I'm gonna share with you, some statements out of there, and they will sound familiar, but I pray that this repetition will be an encouragement and an affirmation to you. So spiritual family is demonstrated by taking care of people. Quote, we are a community that deeply cares for one another and desires to bring everyone into this family. With Jesus as our example, we desire to reach out and care for people where they're at, end quote. So part of caring for someone means being watchful for people who need care. Being on alert all the time can be exhausting. But what about choosing one Sunday a month where you come to church and you say, you know what, I'm going to be the listener, not so much the talker. You know, be alert to someone who may need your presence. If you express caring by praying to God on behalf of another person, you know, we have a prayer ministry, which we had an announcement of. We have a prayer ministry that would welcome your gift. And if you need prayer, please allow us to pray for you. Um, During our last worship set, we'll have Nathan and Addie here in the front who would love to pray for you. And of course, you can always send us an email with your prayer requests as well. I'm sorry if along the way you have not felt cared for. Um, I encourage you to seek out one of the deacons or elders and let us know what's going on. You know, give us a chance. You know, don't say no for us. Home groups is another way that we demonstrate spiritual family. So, quote, in our home groups, we we walk through life together, through the joys and messiness of life, and in following Jesus. The doors of our home groups are always open and welcome to others. If you haven't already picked up one of these uh, handouts for Fall Home Groups Plus, please do so. You know, I pray that you can find something here to plug into. And the third way that we do spiritual family is being family away from family. 
So quote, our community has always been resourceful and willing to lend a helping hand to each other and has always sought to celebrate significant moments of life together, being a family away from family. That what makes the spiritual family even more sweet is our shared desire to follow Jesus and bringing others to know his goodness. So if you see someone in need, lend a hand. If you need a hand, by all means, please ask. You know, we want to be there for you in your times of celebration and grief. As it says in 1 Corinthians 12, 26 to 27, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. If your family of origin is far away, we hope that Regen can be your local family. Now some families uh, take pictures. Some families take lots of pictures. And you know, pictures to me are a witness of something memorable, that you know, something that's happened. So after the service, right here in front, we have a pop-up Polaroid photo booth. Uh, for you to take pictures with someone or maybe a group of someone who you'd consider be part of your spiritual family. So maybe here today, you know, as your spiritual mom or dad or brother, sister, cousin, or maybe your home group is your spiritual family or maybe your sports ball group is your spiritual family. Smiling over there, Joe, I see that. Come down here after the service, take a Polaroid picture of them, you know. Step right up, don't, don't be shy for that. Don't be shy for that. All right. So as we prepare for communion, I'd appreciate it if my fellow worship leaders for communion would come up and join me here on the stage. And if you need your communion elements, if you wouldn't mind, you can raise your hand and someone will bring them to you. Everybody good for today? Great. So when I was scheduled to speak on spiritual family, I'd wanted to have different ethnicities represented through the speaking of languages other than English during communion. And it was totally by God's timing, scheduling, that spiritual family was presented on today. In recognition of World Communion Sunday, we join with Christ's followers around the world to remember his death and his resurrection until he returns to take us home. Our spiritual family is global, including all languages from every tribe, nation, that follow our Lord Jesus Christ. Today we will hear the words of institution in the languages interpreted by those of our Regen family. So I will speak through the words of institution and after I say the, the sentence, this is my body broken for you, each of our interpreters will repeat the same line in their language, and then we'll take the bread together. And then we'll present the same, we'll do the same sequence when we take the wine. So on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he was eating with his disciples and he took the bread and he said, this is my body broken for you. you. <laughs> This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take and eat. And in the same way, he took the cup and said, This is my blood poured out for you. Esta es la sangre de Cristo derramada por ti. 
сия чаша есть моей крови, которая за вас проливается. This cup, which is poured out for you, is the new covenant in my blood. Take and drink. Dear God, thank you today for these very simple, everyday elements as a reminder to us the enormous sacrifice and gift that you have given in your life for ours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>